I guess we're doing a hard intro because we can't afford jingle music yet. Um, hey, everyone. Welcome to the Podcast FC show, episode two. My name is Tiki. I'm Tom. Um, just two South African brothers living in Boston, Massachusetts, who have a passion like you for football, a.k.a. soccer. Eita. Hola. Eita. Hola. <laughs> Shout out to all my South Africans up there. Uh, mad love. Um, yeah, like my bro said, you know, two brothers who love football, um, the, the beautiful game, essentially. And, um, you know, we played, um, we, we covered, we, we just, we, we're, in, we're in love with this. So that's what we do. We talk about it. Um, getting into this past weekend, um, we had some big matches. Um, huge, huge derby game, uh, Man- the Manchester derby. Manchester derby, my favorite derby. Uh, it used to mean a lot less. Um, some of you might not remember, or at least some of you might not have grown up watching uh, the Manchester derby. It was always a big game, but for a few years, um, I'd say late 90s, early 2000s, it took a bit of a dip until um, until they were bought out by that all that oil money. So now they're boss team, so... This Manchester derby has become more and more tense for me over the years, especially since Ferguson retired. Um, but it, I feel like it didn't live up to expectations of the Manchester derby, of what people think the Manchester derby is. I feel like uh, zero zero tie, I'm happy with it because I feel like City has been on form, has been a very dangerous team. I still think they're favorites to win the league, but we controlled that game we sort of were cautious of attack. We were wary in attack, but we controlled possession. I feel like we had the better chances, and uh, I'm I'm happy with the point. Yeah, you know, coming into the game, there was a lot of hype. Um, you know, as we knew, um, Kun Aguero was not going to be able to play this I'm game. So happy when I saw and that. And that that's the true spearhead of this Man City attack. He's been there for so many big moments for this club um, to have won them the, the Premier League. Um in such dramatic fashion um, a couple years back, he, he'll forever be a hero of the club. And when whenever they don't have him in the team, it's not quite the same squad um, that's out there on the pitch. You know, Wilfred Bonney really got his chance in a big game to start and really impress. And, you know, first half, I thought he did all right, um, you know, holding the ball up, kind of getting the ball uh, into play. But I thought he kind of faded out of the game second half. And, and I, I think I think he faded because of Chris Smalling. Chris Smalling was all over him. Chris Smalling is playing like a monster right now. He's playing out of his skin. He, and and you got to give him credit. You got to give him credit. It, and look, it, it, it's not just Bonnie's fault. Um, I don't want to come across as just saying it was Bonnie. It's just that I, I like him so much as a player. I think he has so much potential, so much talent that, you know, I, I was disappointed personally, you know, when that, that you know, he didn't get himself a goal. And, you know, um, it, it, it just seemed... Um, a little, a little lackadaisical sometimes. I thought um, with with the Man City midfield. I don't know if it was because they were playing away from home, because because of, of the cluster of games they have. Maybe just because because they don't they don't have that Aguero factor. Well, I also um, think I think you're forgetting about David Silva. I think he's the creator. He's he's the wizard in that midfield. Yeah. And as as far as like Yaya Torre on his own, I don't think he can do it on his own. You know, he is that power thrusting kind of player. But when it comes to just that small, creative five yard space kind of movement, he struggles because he's so big. You know, his touch is fantastic. But like, and they had him playing in that more creative role. They tried, weekend, yeah, and they even with Fernando and Fernandinho. They put you know, those two defensive holding midfielders behind him to give him a little more midfield, freedom, yeah. so he didn't have to work back. But I think that also hurt City because right away it sort of put him in a defensive posi- uh, defensive mindset, which which I can respect. You know, away you're playing from away home, from home yeah. is the Manchester derby. But like I think that set the tone almost right away. And United was sort of happy to take that space, mm. but not necessarily happy to penetrate. You know those angles. So I think that's why it ended up being a bit of a. I would say to the neutral, it was a boring game. I'm not gonna lie. For me as a Man United fan. I enjoyed that game. It wasn't the greatest game, but I, I was, I thought we were gonna lose. Yeah, the, there, were, there were a few chances, and you know what, man, you have to give him credit. Um, you have to give credit to the coach. Absolutely, really. um, he's been doing a good job. I don't know if it's because he's working more closely with Ryan Giggsy. I don't know what's going on, but they're starting to find chemistry. Yeah, you can I tell agree. they're getting more comfortable playing out of the back. Defending also is a big part. I think the fact that you've kept David de Gea is has been monumental to your team because you have that that person you can rely upon 
Um, so that allows Chris Mullen to be more comfortable. That allows Phil Jones to be more comfortable knowing that they have that guy back there who, if anything does go wrong, will bail them out. Um, but other than that, you know, I thought my first impression of the game, um, really my first thought was, where is Memphis Depay? What has happened to this I, to this man? I love it. Um, I don't love it in the sense I don't like to see him struggle, but I like the decision of Louis Van Gaal. Memphis hasn't played well for the last three or four games, and keeping him out there to lose confidence, to lose who he is. I think I said it last week too. Like it's just, it's not good for his future development. We all forget he's a young, young boy, and he just burst onto the scene. He's got money, he's got cars, he's probably got hoes too. I follow him <laughs> yeah. on Instagram. Actually, I know for a fact he's got hoes. Money, cars, clothes, hoes. Well, you say he's a young boy, but you got a younger boy starting over him in Anthony yes, Martial, but, but, who is class, ladies and gentlemen. This 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 kid see, appears to be world class talent in the like right now. I I'd like to say in the making, but th- he's his there. impact his impact has been so sudden, and the way he dribbles at defenders makes it very uncomfortable for them to to find an angle or even shut him down. It's a very rare like quality and he also possesses the right power speed um to go it's, with it. It's it It's very it's aggressive because he gets the ball and he has one mindset, go for it. That's right it. Whether you. whether he's, you know, just tapping the ball lightly in front of his feet, you know, no moves yet. You know his intention. As soon as he touches, that first touch is aggressive towards the defender, and it puts the defender on his heels right away because they know his speed, and that's the advantage of having speed, and that's the advantage of having a kid who is coached well in the youth academy. His coach probably saw his speed was like, anytime you get the ball, I want you to positive touch, push him forward. No fancy stuff. And look, fancy fancy himself a dribbler. I, in my mind, there are two types of, well, dribblers, maybe more, you know, argument could say more, but in my mind two types of dribblers there Cristiano Ronaldo type dribblers yep. who, who will do the fancy stuff the lollipops and you know all these, these the elasticos all these rabonas all these beautiful things that we love in the game but this but then there's also the messy type dribblers who have that close touch control you know the robin like dribblers who 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 run right at you and force you to, to make a move as a defender, and that's very uncomfortable. And they often do that without a step over, without an elastico. They just no. dribble towards you, and they very dribble at shifty an angle. Movement, yep. A lot of shoulder shifts and movement, yeah, things things shifts, of that yeah. nature. So I think that's the type of dribble I think Anthony, Anthony Martial to be, um, you know, not not to be blasphemous, is putting him in the same sentence as Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi. Um, but, you know, he's, he tends to lean more of that, Messy type dribbling where he's running directly at you. He's forcing you to, to make a commitment um, as a defender. And honestly, as a defender, I can say that's it's probably a worse predicament because it's it's a constant decision you have to make instead of sometimes when you have time, you know, to, to let the guy do his thing, you know. Yeah, I agree. Marshall is looking legit, but players, back to Depay, players develop at different rates. And I think for Louis van Gaal to see that, and most coaches would. You know, he Depay has been playing bad enough to be dropped, even if he was a veteran player. You know, he just wasn't playing well. But I think, you know, it's even better to drop him because Marshall's doing so well. Okay, you so know. you say that, but then what about your boy Wayne Rooney? Because, you know, I may not be on the same page about this um, with you, but, you know, I believe that he, he, he should drop more into a deeper-lying role. Um, but yeah, you, what what do you think about that? Wayne Rooney's I, allowed to start, even though he's been in this, you know not the best form. This is the difference. Wayne Rooney is the figurehead of Man United. He's the last of the Fergie era. Yes, there were players who are playing now who played under Fergie, but Rooney was Fergie's like not pride and joy because they did have a bit of a, um, a tumultuous relationship at times. But he was Fergie's sort of right hand or Fergie's dog you know like so for us to drop Rooney when we're in this kind of and I'm gonna refer to us as Man United so guys get used to it because I feel connected to that club it might be cheesy but it is what it is feel connected to a bunch of bitches Mm, and bitches not in a good way let's look at our trophy cases 
Mr. Gooner. Look <laughs> at um, undefeated season. So, no. Now you made me forget my point, you maniac. That's how you frazzle people, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the podcast game. Sorry, I just got distracted <laughs> by all those glorious No, moments. you're talking about how Rooney and Ferguson's tumultuous relationship. Yeah, and, so so yeah. dropping dropping Rooney would be would be a big, big statement. It's similar to Jose dropping Terry. And if you notice, that's when it started to get a little rocky for Chelsea. And we'll get into that. But so I think Rooney right now is not playing well enough to be on that squad. Never mind dropping him to a deeper role. He should be deep. So far deep, he's on the bench. Damn. And I love Rooney. I love him, but, you know, we're being an honest. You know, I love my club, but I'm not a, just a blind Man United fan. Rooney's not playing well. He should be dropped. And you know who's paying the price for that? Who? Marshall. Because Marshall's out on the left mid. Yeah. Picture having Marshall running at center backs the way he runs at wingers. He should. He, he should, should be. be at number nine. Put Rooney on the bench. Let him rest, whatever he needs. Maybe send him on a vacation for a week. Let him go to the Bahamas, something. Get some sun, relax. Like, I'm not saying, you know, Rooney sucks or anything. It just, I feel like he's overworked. You know, he's the pride of England or was, whatever, like the English national team. He's the pride of Man United. Like, this kid has been a pro since he was 16, and he rarely gets hurt. He's played season after season, and I just think he's jaded. You know, he's just tired. So he needs some, He needs a little time off is what you suggest. Yes, and unfortunately, he's not at the age where he can afford to take a week or two off soccer because, you know, he's He'll starting to age. He'll lose his position. He'll lose his quick. position, and he, he's starting that's, to age. And that's the predicament is Man U, I think, has built so many attacking players. They have so many attacking players that it's unbalanced. It's not a, it's not a balanced team no, it's not. yet, and which is why I don't think you're title contenders. You're not a balanced team. Very attacking team. I think your defense is improving, has gotten better. I think you made the necessary purchases by bringing in Bastian Schweinsteiger, Bastion. who's a World Cup winner, um, Euro Cup winner, Veteran. I believe. Veteran have you seen him, has have you been, seen him, have you seen him touching the ball in the, the game box? down. Have you seen him touching the ball in the box? Like, it's absolutely mind-blowing. Like, he, he's just... He's so calm. He's done it because he's done it so millions. many he's times. Done it since he was 15. He's been there before. He's done that in the World Cup final. Yes. It doesn't phase him. That type of leadership is what you needed. You, you made the right purchase. I think I thought you should have brought in another center back because I at tried. the beginning of the season we tried in Matt Hummels or someone like Matt's that. Matt Hummels, we tried. He didn't want it, and we tried uh, Sergio Ramos. You know, and obviously there's I, Ben Howardies who's out there too, who I'd like to see come over to the gun to the Gunners. But you know, so th I think there are people out there. I just thought that, um, I, it, honestly, it did. It doesn't appear as though you needed to buy that that center back because with the purchase of Rojo and um, now Chris Smalling, who's really stepped up, um, I think that gap can kind of be voided. But you're still missing a piece. I'm, I don't quite trust Phil Jones quite yet. I think. His talent, I trust. It's his health. Can he stay healthy over the course of a, an entire season and in those big moments, you know, be there consistently? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that's going to be one of the first purchases next year. I think this, I think last year the problem was United was lacking teeth. So we went out and we bought sort of a new midfield and we bought in Anthony Marshall. We always knew last year, last summer, that United was going to need a striker. So they went out, they tried a few uh Put in a few bids, didn't work out. So we picked up Marshall on the last day for what at the time was seemed overpriced, and luckily he, you know, he came through. But I think yes, next year I think Louis Van Gaal probably brings in maybe one more class midfielder, class midfielder, maybe a box to box type player, or even just a true number eight, just a guy who's just a center mid. To I think Herrera will eventually fill that role, but like we still. Like putting Boston and um, Schneiderlin, Boston, you know, barely plays 90 minutes for the most part. So, mm -hmm. like, for him. And then we got 34-year-old Carrick. So, and then who do we put after Blind, maybe? But he's a little defensive. Like, yeah, so, it's no tricky. true box-to-box. -box. I mean, I, I, I think in his heyday, Schweinsteiger was. Yes, but now, yes, you know, yes. with his age, he... he I mean, he's, he's still a world-class player, but it's just realistically, you know. Um, yeah, but so it's great. No, but... As far as so, that game, I, I, Martial definitely looked the most dangerous yeah. in the game. And um, switching to City just for a quick second, um, the, the substitution of Jesus Navas for Sterling, you know, I think... I don't know. I think Sterling also was a big game for him. 
um, a big game where he also could have shown something. Um, but yeah, just wanted to say that. Yeah, he was subbed off, and I thought you know that could have been a little bit better. Yeah, he didn't do too much, but again, I think that was the defensive mentality of Man City. You know, coming in and sort of trying to... Just trying to scrap a point. Yeah, they didn't have their number 10. They didn't have their number 9. So they just played it smart on their part. But speaking of playing smart, Mr. Jose Mourinho seems like he didn't play it too smart uh, against West Ham this weekend at West Ham. Uh, Chelsea lost 2-1. Well, I mean, I don't know how much you could have done about what's the display on the pitch. But as far as his actions, he certainly could have controlled them. Um and his assistant as well. Um, so, so when you say you don't know how much he could have done for the action on the pitch, what do you mean? He's, I mean, he's the head guy in charge. Like, he's in charge of what happens on that pitch. The discipline, you're still a professional when you're out on that pitch. And Nemanja Matic's discipline, he okay, has gone to from... Discipline. Yes, okay. he, he's gone to being proclaimed as Chelsea's best player by the coach um, to this season, you know... Just in a terrible run of form, and I don't. It, maybe it's not fair to just certainly blame him for this whole Chelsea no, you struggle. Have to, you have to but, blame him and a few other players. Yeah, it's but you know there has to be some responsibility taken. And when you look at the discipline, I think it's just it's not there. The focus isn't there because to, to to receive those those type of cards and to let your team down like that is just it, it 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 was lacking discipline. That's all I meant in that statement. Is that. Mourinho can only take you so far. You're still a professional player. You have to be disciplined and not get that red card. But as far as his actions, obviously, I think everything just boiled over. And they ended up losing. Again, Chelsea goes down to, to West Ham, 2-1. to one. Um, Great game. Great game. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I was happy to see the Hammers get a nice, get a nice Dude, upset. The Hammers are giant killers. They're this season's giant killers. And what we mean by giant killers, there's always a club... Not always, but for the most part, there's a club that torments the giant clubs. Um, Swansea was a giant killer a few years ago. Uh, this year it was looking like it was going to be Leicester, but West Ham has Remember Redknapps Portsmouth? Redknapps Portsmouth. Oh, my you God. couldn't get through those walls. No. It was unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. But, yes, yeah, so this year West Ham are giant killers, and they go ahead and they prove that they're out to slay giants unbelievable i love to see i love to see small clubs like well not small people what have they beaten all the top four sides or something like that no man united though they'll beat them no second time around Mm -mm. (laughs) no Uh, sir no but either way i I thought the coach made a terrific move bringing in andy carroll um as a substitute andy to pull it out he's still alive i love it still alive and kicking um you know he sometimes has that 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 negative connotation because when we think back to his times at liverpool and that inflated price tag you know he's partying too oh yeah i mean they all i believe they all do i I mean they do not all but they do but like he was like you know on a different level you know i mean like so that's why like he got Hell to the yeah. money and then he party. You know, like I don't blame him personally, but I'm saying like that's who I remember him as. Is like, and that's that different discipline. That's where it's that's the part they don't tell you about being a professional. You know, be, being able to balance that lifestyle, the money, the cars, the clothes, the fame, um, with the discipline on the pitch, staying after, putting in the extra work. You know, the dedication to your craft really um but yeah definitely so like jose his future i'm sure hundreds and thousands of people have talked about it this week but what what do you think i you know what i think he stays uh, there's there's been a lot of talk about him getting sacked him getting fired um i i think at the beginning of this thing at the the beginning when he first re-signed to chelsea it was understood that this was a long-term relationship. Yep. Um, unlike in the past, where it was when now, or you know, we'll, we'll, we'll evaluate you at the end of the year. It was, it was understood this is a long-term relationship. I think the only way he does get fired is if he comes across as disrespectful to the club in the media. If he keeps on throwing peop- um, players um, specifically under the bus and calling people out or starts anything with Roman Abramovich, you know. But other than that, I think they're going through a rough patch. I think they plan on making purchases in January. And I think that this is really just the first half of the campaign. I think this is a long-term 
view. I think that's how they perceive it. But of course, they want to get results. They definitely want to get results. It, for me, yes, I agree with you. When he was signed, that was the plan. That was the goal. Everyone was on the same page. But the way he's acting, for me, seems like he's trying to get himself fired. How about a couple of weeks ago when he lost to, I forget who they were playing. That's aggressive. No, no, time out. Let me tell you why. All right. He's the one that came out in the media and said, I'm not going to get fired. My job is safe. He's the one who started that whole rumor. Now, as a guy who knows this is a long-term project, you know that the owner's with you. You've had a shitty start to the season, but nothing crazy. You haven't blown it yet. But then you come out and say, oh, I'm not getting fired. Like, for me, that was weird. Okay, so we'll chop it up to Mourinho weirdness. Now, he's blaming all the refs. He's blaming the media. He's talking shit about the refs to the media, which got him that suspended uh, that suspended fine and the, then the one-match touchline ban. Mm-hmm. And then he goes this weekend, yells at the ref for a legitimate red card, and gets himself a red card. What... He's imploding. He's self-destructing. My thing is, again, this is a rocky road. And I think being in England, it gets extra attention. Um, Yes, Chelsea's in a terrible run. But when has Mourinho ever been a good loser? Ever in his career? When has Mourinho not yelled at referees? When has he went in losing? When has he not thrown a a fit of anger, or rage. Fantastic uh, point. You know, and, and this is Mourinho. This is you know, perfect. this is what happens sometimes, and it it, it comes with the no. pros and the cons. I think of Mourinho. Think about what usually happens after he does this. You're number three. What usually happens when he does this? He leaves. So you said this is long term. I'm telling you that I think Mourinho in his head realizes that. He's back to that old girlfriend, and he thought he could rekindle the relationship, (laughs) and he's realizing that this bitch is boring. Oh, no. He won the league already. Yes, he wants to win a Champions League, and he's going to do his utmost to try to win it, but he realizes he's been here. He's been here, and I think think he's slowly checking himself out, and he's going to get himself fired, so that way he can leave and be like, well, I wanted to stay, but... Mean old Abramovich kicked me out just like last time. I don't this, believe I don't, that. I don't, I don't s- believe that at, at all. I think that's... And he'll no, never admit I, it. That's the thing. Like, it's a theory. So, like, I'll never be, like, right as to, oh, that's why he got fired because he planned it. But if he gets f- fired or leaves at the end of this season or before, I think deep down inside he knew what he was doing. It wasn't Mourinho losing control. It was Mourinho playing mind games with the world. And he does play mind games, but I think that's 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 a little far fetched in my yes. opinion, you know. But I I would say that 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 is Mourinho. He gets frustrated like this. Mourinho's never been a good loser. There are people who have you know honor in losing, and they're able just to look you in the eye and and say, "All yeah, right, I, you beat me fair and square." He's never been I that agree. guy. We know this with never, the rivalry between him and, and Arsene Wenger. They don't even shake hands. They have a fundamental you know d- d- disagreement with each other. So. I think Mourinho is a terrible loser, and even sometimes he's a terrible winner, and he'll rub it in your face. But that's the thing with Mourinho. I think it comes with the pros and cons. And like I said, this is like this is like that girlfriend that you did bring up, but now, you know, they're in the marriage, and it, it's 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 this is the test. This is the first test in the marriage. Now you're married. You got your I don't rings think, on. I don't think Mourinho will ever be married. As my point, I don't think he'll ever be. Like you said, he's always been a shitty loser. He's always been a short-term manager. There it is, right? If we're going to see Mourinho being Mourinho. Until until now. But that's the thing. It's like the dude who's always been a player, and then you meet the wifey, and then you want to get married, right? Now this is the true test. Now now the divas are walking up to you. How does that not apply "Mm." with his losing mentality? You know what I mean? Like You say he's going to lose the way he loses, but somehow he's going to flip the way... His mind because in the beginning, it's not about his mind. It's about in the beginning, there was a contract signed for a certain length and an understanding that this was a long-term thing. Yes. I think... You know who had a long-term contract? Brendan Rodgers, Tim Sherwood. Contracts don't mean shit. They, they the do, they do that, if you've won at the club before. 
No, they, no, no, no. They, they, Brandon Rodgers has never won at Liverpool. He got close. He got close, but he never won a Premier League title at Liverpool. Yes, but I don't and think And they don't Mourinho. carry the same clout, so that does not apply. But Chelsea doesn't make Champions League tomorrow. You think Mourinho st- uh, doesn't make Champions League at the end of the season? You think Mourinho stays? I think Mourinho leaves himself. I think Mourinho leaves that money on the table. Or makes himself a little crazy, gets himself fired, so he can go off to PSG. My friend Al came up with that theory this week. Earlier we were texting. Earlier this week we were texting, and he said, dude, Mourinho in France, wouldn't that be perfect? And at the time I didn't see it, but Al, I've come around. You were right. Mourinho to PSG, why not? Can win them the he Champions League. He can win league. the league year after year after year after year after year because he'll have no competition and he can focus on his Champions Look, League. Look, if you are right at the end of the day and Mourinho does get either fired or quits, mm-hmm. and this this whole thing will be a debacle because, and mm-hmm. it will be a debacle for Chelsea oh. because you'll lose mm-hmm. players like Eden Hazard. You'll lose special and talent. You'll lose clout. Because, and you will, exactly. Because Mourinho sucked that clout out on his way out. And you know what? He has done that before in yep. the past. He certainly has. Poor Inter. He's, poor Inter. You know? Real Madrid's lucky they have the money to sort of like be okay after him. But Inter, Chelsea after Mourinho left and Inter after Mourinho left are examples of what he does when he leaves. And it's it's not his fault. You know, it's because he has so much energy and passion and draws so many people in, including fans and media, that like when he leaves, we all feel like, it's like a ghost town. Yeah, we all feel devastated, you know? So it's not personal. It's not Mourinho being mean or evil or anything. It's just he comes with a high price, and we're not just talking about money. But anyway, let's get into your boys, Arsenal versus Everton. 2-1. Huge start for Olivier Giroud this, this game. You know, Walcott has been in a rich vein of form. Um, but with Giroud scoring the, the goals um, as well, I, I believe he had four goals in two games coming into to this game. And um, uh, Mr. Venga, applause. Excellent start. I'm, I'm really starting to, to enjoy the Theo Walcott-Giroud flip. I'm starting to appreciate him. And, you know, in the past we've argued um, that, all right, Giroud's not a 25 to 30 goal striker and Walcott's not a 25 to 30 goal striker. But maybe combined... Yeah. Maybe combined, they are that. And, Possibly. You know, maybe combined, um, I'm starting to really see the light. Um, I'm, I'm starting to have a lot more hope in this Arsenal team. And um, I thought it was an excellent game, um, gut-wrenching game that we needed to win. Going up 2-0, um, you know those tend to be typically the most dangerous yeah. games. Yeah, that's those are scary times when you're up 2 nothing. Mm. I mean, you. it's scary because you get a little complacent. And even me having played, you know, there are times when you're up to nothing and you're like, we're bossing this game, we're in control. And something silly happens, an offside call is missed, and all of a sudden it's 2-1. And the other team's coming for that ass. So, yeah, man, it's... And that's what that's typically like what happened. You know, the first goal was a really nice goal. Um, Ozil, again, um, really stepping up. I'm loving what I'm seeing from Ozil right now. And I think with Giroud's start, it allowed him to really get this type of goal. Um, Ozil was yeah. out on the right flank, and he just kind of played in a searching ball in the air over to Giroud. And Howard, you know, he, he, Howard tried to come out, try to get it, and Giroud just flicked his head on it to, to flick it in. I think if Theo Walcott's starting, you know, we that don't typically score that goal. That doesn't happen like that. Um, we probably try to play to feed and, something. And like. it allows you guys to be able to switch your system. You know, and and you guys have been playing with those forwards for so long that, like, you both sort of understand. You've trained with them on the pitch. You understand the type of balls they like. So you can play 60 minutes um, with the ball on the ground, maybe playing it into Theo or playing it into space for Theo to run onto, I meant. And then all of a sudden in the 60th minute, maybe you're up leading the game. You bring in Giroud and you know you can play that target long, long ball kind of play so like i i agree with you man it's it's kind of beautiful that this beautiful synergy it sucks because i'm a man united fan but it's kind of cool to see the synergy at uh at arsenal because i mean i'm not gonna lie like arsenal for me is the second best team to watch in the world you know as far as as far as aesthetically beautiful soccer yes the number one team obviously goes without saying barcelona beautiful team soccer yeah Uh, that for me is more entertaining than 
you know, watching a guy dribble and score goal from 40 yards. It's beautiful. Just AKA when the Madrid. game flows. It's yeah. beautiful. But, like, when you see a team working in synchronicity, and actually Bayern Munich is another team. Yes. And it just goes to show Pep Guardiola is a magician. But, yes, that synchroni synchronicity on the pitch and everyone has one brain and people are moving into space maybe two or three passes before they even get the ball they're, they're where they're supposed to be it's it's gorgeous and arsenal is that team for me everyone's on the same page when everyone's on the same page oh, it's a beautiful it's, it's thing really to watch. a beautiful thing it's to watch magic um yeah going back to Giroud, he's just a fun fact he's five um for five um with with oh, goals yay. against everton um so he seems to enjoy to play against that club um but yeah, I thought also Gabriel, the defender, um, who we bought from Villarreal, also had a good showing. He did. Um, you know, was solid. Kind of, he's actually solid. He's very good. I think people were kind of on the fence about him when he got the red card. Got into it with Diego Costa. I actually gained respect for him when that happened. Like yes, and I when I saw that live, I was I didn't think he did anything to Costa. And when uh, the ref threw the red card, I was I was very confused, and I was waiting for a TV angle to be like, "What did he do? Maybe he did kick him, but like, it didn't look like he did. Like even his face, like when you're about to kick someone, like you wince a little bit, and there was nothing, there was no emotion. So I was like, I, it looks like he was just backing up, and Diego Costa put his foot there, and he backed up onto his foot. So like, but well, to have that fire yeah. to stand like head to head and protect Kashalny, I gained a lot of respect for Gabriel. I started watching him closer after that. And that's kind of what we needed is a, a dude who has a little bit more fire yes. in his belly, um, yep. who's out there competing, who's not scared yep. uh, to get in the confrontation Does, or anything like that. And, you know, yeah. I was a little disappointed at the time by watching it. But, you know, big picture, that, that certainly is a good thing. And in this game um, against Everton, he was involved. Um, you know, at the first half, he was kind of involved a little bit of everywhere. Some good, some bad, mostly good. That goal that we gave up to Ross Barkley was deflected off of him. I thought it should have been – he should have been, Gabriel, a little bit tighter. But, yeah. you know, it, it happens in the run of play. It's really tough, tough shot to save. But um, other than that, I mean, I thought he had a superb performance. He has great speed for, for a center back. And with him and Koscielny back there, who I think has become – I think arguably the, the, the captain of, of our team. I know Santi Cazola wears the badge. That's so. That's but, always but confusing. But Chalney to me has the like, way he plays, the way he leads. Like, what do you think of that? Like, Cazola's cap. Like, do you see I think him it's as a, your cap? Like, it's yes, a he's locker a veteran room player. Thing. I think it, it's okay. a locker room okay. presence he must have. He yeah. brings the troops together. He's kind of the oldest of like the guys. He, he Santi, as you see him, he has a very calm temperament. It's rare you it's, see Santi Casola, you know, wilding out or like but very calm. emotional. It's calm, but it's also like his play is not very inspiring. It's beautiful. But you know what I mean? Like you can be calm like David Silva, calm guy. I can see him being captain because his play has this like leadership type of play. Carzola, excellent player, scores goals. Great player, but I don't see that like. But you have to ask yourself, what has he done for the team? What has this man done for the team? Um, he comes in. As a, at a as a left winger or left midfielder, you know, when we first get him, has a wonderful season out the bat. Um, and then we switch him more to a central attacking mid, and he flourishes. Then we buy Mesut Ozil. All of a sudden, you can't play there anymore, buddy boy. So now he has to drop in to holding mid with Francis Coughlin. And I think his consistency, his maybe it's his willingness to sacrifice for the team, um, but I think that it makes it very difficult. We're kind of on the outside looking in, um, not able to tell what's happening in the locker room because that's very, very important. Even though Koscielny's on-field displays um, may be terrific, what happens in the locker room is important. Yeah, um, and they I had agree. a connection. Yeah, they had a connection for the second goal um, with Santi Carzola with another perfect pass um, spot on to Koscielny's head. So, yeah, excellent 2-1 win for the Goons. I'm glad we keep rolling, boys. Um, let's get let's get this league. Let's get this league and let's end this drought. Well, I think uh, we all have to watch out for Liverpool. Liverpool lately with Klopp. They go uh, Southampton. They host Southampton and uh, tied one one. But watching the game, like I feel like the Liverpool players are inspired, and it's it's actually amazing to see because it shows how important a. Uh, 
a manager is. You know, you say, yeah, the players on the field, it's their job. They're paid to play. They should play their hardest all the time. But, like, Klopp hasn't made any purchases. And Klopp hasn't even had um, his best striker available. And this team is just playing dominant, you know? And, yes, it's not showing results yet. And uh, that's what matters at the end of the day. No one's going to look back at Liverpool in fifth and be like, well, they play beautiful soccer. No, you'll still be in fifth. But I think... Once this team starts clicking, it's they're going to be very dangerous. I'm not saying they're winning the title, though. Well, you know, Klopp will certainly make his adjustments, bring in his guys, yep. his type of players. Yep. This is still very much Brendan Rodgers' team um, and base. He's just sort of isolating and switching players into new positions and trying to build a team chemistry. Um, I think he's very dangerous. I was more impressed with Southampton because of this fact that we know that Liverpool has the momentum of a new manager yep. um they they have basically inspiration they play with inspiration every game um and man Southampton for Southampton to come back like that I'm I'm thoroughly impressed with the Southampton squad I don't think they're a joke I think they're they're, they're here to stay they're, um at least for this at least for the next couple of years the problem well no I, no I, the problem with Southampton is that they sell their players Sadu Mane it's not going to be the next year. Graziano Pelle might not be the next year. That's the problem with Southampton. So we all get excited. Last year, it was Schneiderlin and Luke Shaw. Like, we're all pumped to see these players. But it just it's sad. You know, I wish they would stay. But how do you blame him when a club comes in and says, I'm going to double your salary? Like, you have to go. So it's just let's enjoy it for the moment because I agree with you. Southampton is here to stay, at least for this year. They're beautiful to watch. They have. I'd say for the next rate. couple, I'll give them. I'll give them two they, guaranteed, and then you know, Pele, depends on the coach. If they lose Pele and Pele and Mane, bro, like that's nine and ten right there, gone. Like yes, they always find a way, but the problem is during that rebuild, that's when they dip a little bit. You know, maybe to tenth, mm-hmm. maybe bottom half or whatever. So that's that's when like Southampton dips. So right now they're at their peak, and they got rated last year. They probably they, gonna get rated next year. And then they'll have to start rebuilding. They were able to protect themselves because they still have money. And it's that it's that balance which they've been terrific at finding. You know, call call them a seller club. They, you know, I have so much respect for this club with one of the best youth programs in 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 the world. Um, people don't really know that Southampton's very very storied club um, with the likes of Gareth Bale coming from there. So Theo Walcott, you know, lots of Oxlade Chamberlain, lots of talent um, is produced here. Um, so. I think they have that system. I think the coach is an excellent coach as well, and he's a big part of what they do. Um, so for me, I think the players can be rotated um, in and out as long as the coach remains and as long as the management remains. If the ownership is willing to buy these players and invest, um, it's going to take them a really long way. But yeah, I was, I was more impressed with them. You know, Liverpool though. Liverpool. What I've noticed since Klopp came in is. And and tell me if I'm wrong about this, but they play out of the back a lot more now. That's what I'm saying. Like that, even that confidence. It's not like these are new defenders or these are defenders who've been under Klopp's system. Like just to breed confidence to play out of the back. Like Skirtle is out there looking like I don't even know. Like he's spreading the ball around. He's moving. Dude, Thiago Silva. <laughs> he's right? comfortable. Well, on David the ball. Luiz, a little too comfortable at times. <laughs> so like it's, I'm blown away. You know, I'm excited to see what happens to Liverpool. Hopefully, you know, they don't get too crazy, too carried away and win a Prem. But I, I'm i for an action-packed competitive league more than I am for, well, no, I'm not going to lie. But I'm probably maybe 30% like competitive league. Like, So to see Liverpool coming up, to see them playing with confidence, to see Adam Lallana reborn, dude. He's starting to look like he did when he was playing for Southampton. Like to see that, I think. And if they just, had Ings, they'd have even more they firepower. Had Ings, freaking Sturridge. Like, so Penteke just came back. He was playing hurt, but mm-hmm. he, he pulled out a huge goal for them Massive. with that header. Um, close to the 18. Lots of power, lots of accuracy as well on that. Great ball from James Milner. Um, and again, it's that big center forward up top who who can get you those type of goals, you know. And it's perfect to have Milner because he's like a purebred, like workhorse type of outside mid player for Liverpool. They have him playing more in the middle, but having him on the wing, I feel like he lost a lot of his game when he came to Liverpool, and and um, 
Brendan Rodgers wanted to play him in the middle. You know, like, yes, he can sort of play there, but he's not the best at that position. He belongs on the wing, running up and down, mm-hmm. and he gives Benteke a perfect cross. Liverpool hasn't been able or maybe hasn't been instructed to cross the ball all season. You know, there's been no supply coming in for Benteke. Rodgers didn't really do a good job adjusting his team tactics to boost Benteke. So to have Milner out there, I think Klopp is going to rec- recognize and realize and maybe push him a little more out wide. And he's that veteran too. Milner brings that. Veteran he's, he's played in the league all his life. You know, he's 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 been here. These these moments don't really, they aren't too big for him. He's able to come and rally the troops in a little bit more. You know, he's not my favorite player, but, you know, if you want to, there are few more consistent players yeah. than James Milner. Yes. He's just what he's, I was saying. He's world. a utility player. He's a guy you know you're going to get a six and a half game from at, at the minimum every game. Yeah. You know, six and a half out of ten. So, like, having players like that on your team is very important. That's uh, Antonio Valencia at United. Just a guy who's not going to give you too much, but as far as, like, his responsibility for the game, he's sound. He's not going to let you down. He's like, not going to let you down, but he's also not going to, you know, inspire or move. Save the or day necessarily. Save the day, yeah. And yeah. You, need, you need a bit of both. But it was a huge goal um, in the 86th minute by Mane, the man you said, you know, probably going to leave Actually, next almost, year. Almost almost came to United instead of uh, Martial. Um, I wonder how that would have worked because I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad if United had Mane. He might have made even, I mean, it's hard to say. I yes. mean, Martial made an instant impact as well, but yes. he may have also made the same type of impact. I, I wouldn't put it past him. Mane is unreal. And, I mean, I think... That the, even the goal is he just has hunger, man. He's he's strong, strapped in there, threw his body in there, dude. Skillful, like, yeah. Like, yeah, power, man. dude. Like, how do you stop this? Guy? And I like that they play him slightly behind Graziano Pelle because mm. I think the mistake that a lot of teams are gonna make if they buy him is to put him at that nine position and just have him hold the the defensive line honest. And I don't think that's where he's at his best. He's at his best when he comes a little deeper, you know, not necessarily into midfield, but maybe into that final third second third sort of position it's that second striker little hole yeah shadow guy yeah and that's when you know he can either play the ball off to an uncharging uh center mid or turn a guy or you know laid off flick it like he can do whatever in that position so if you have him stretching he's more limited so i hope they keep him in that kind of shadow striker position quality player built for the premier league i think unbelievable um, yeah, but at the end of the day, just to wrap this up, you know, I thought this was a battle between two even squads. Um, I thought one squad was just slightly more disciplined, while the other was slightly more talented. Um, and you know, the talent lies, I think, in Liverpool. The discipline lies in Southampton. And you know, we'll see as as the as the league continues how their positions hold up. It's amazing, man. But honorable mention, my boy scores again to power his team, Leicester FC to the win unbelievable jamie vardy having a season of his life 10 10 goals unbelievable he's leading the way and did you see his celebration after he scored he counted his fingers he (laughs) held him out ran to the corner and counted 10 fingers i was losing it i'm not even i'm not even remotely a leicester fan he's He's trying to get with every game dude i hope he signed into his contract (laughs) a goal bonus because he's about to make it rain this man's a savage unbelievable dude and the best thing about his goals they're so opportunistic yeah he he either makes it or he makes the run that forces a play to give him the ball. Like he just because he believes he's gonna score. He has the hunger. Hungry. He's to starving, score. and for that's goals. the worst type of center forward to play against. He's just starving. he's a pest. He's always on that's you. The he does not word. let you breathe. Doesn't let you take a touch and ping a long ball or take a touch, play it back to your keeper. He doesn't even let the goalie relax. He charges everything down, every man down, and he really inspires others to press to to work harder when you know you have a player like that you believe absolutely and he's doing it with a broken wrist that's why last as a dangerous team i don't even team. know what that means for soccer but he's his wrist is broken and he's scoring goals i wouldn't take that <laughs> cast off the rest of the season whether my wrist is good or not i would keep that cast on there was a lot of talent in that game too leicester city versus crystal palace with you know bolasi zaha who had a late pk shout but and it was a bit of a stalemate because because of all that talent like they're both teams where they're like okay we're both talented but you know we're still sort of middle of the road clubs farty stuck stuck out. out 
But my uh, thing, man, that actually shocked me about Vardy, and like, let me know if you if you knew this or not. I was shocked. I was like, kind of disappointed. I I Wikipedia'd him because it's like, man, this dude, like, what other clubs has he been playing for? To find dude, out, I he's twenty eight years old. But have you read his story? I, I have not read his entire dude, story. Me, I have not read his entire story, but let me give you a taste. So he was trying to make it to the pros, working his butt off, playing in lower leagues. And he got in trouble because he got in a bar fight. He was put on, not house arrest, what is it, curfew. So he couldn't be out of that. He had to be home by X time. Yeah. So that happened to be during a game. So he had to get subbed at halftime to go home so he wouldn't <laughs> beat his curfew. I picked oh, that tip it up from the commentator. No way. So, like, this guy's just, he's like us, man. Just working <laughs> in an office. like Grinding. Grinding and just dreaming of playing soccer. And you're driving two hours to go play in some men's league and hoping to make a name for yourself. And, and you lead in the league. And all of a sudden you score <laughs> 10 goals in the prem, dude. Wouldn't you be starving? Like if Hell United yeah. came for me right now, I was like, dude, we're giving you a trial. Like, let's do this. Let's do it. <laughs> dude, you know how hard I'd be running for 90 minutes? I'd be in the best shape of my life. I'd, Freaking 30 years old. He gets after it, man. And that's why I love him, too. He like gets after it's, it. it's just that story, guys. You got to you gotta watch this kid play. Like, Lester, yes. For most, you know, soccer fans or American fans, they might not care to watch anyone outside of the top four. And, and for us, for this podcast, we watch most of the games. But, yes, we'll focus our discussions on the top clubs because that's where the action is. But you have to watch some of these lower clubs. Like, you know, West Ham. Well, this they're talent, not lower. This Leicester, talent on those teams. Payette. Little dude, young random dudes who you dude, may not George, know about like, who are very talented. Andre Ayu's on freaking Swansea for free, for yeah. free. Like there's so much. This league is unbelievable this year. Please, guys, watch Jamie Vardy, my man. I saw him last year. I fell in love with him. Well, wow, that sounded weird. <laughs> Pause. Yes, fine, whatever. <laughs> I fell in love with him last year um, when he was playing against United at Old Trafford, and he was just pestering our defenders for 90 minutes. And I was like, who is this guy? And then I realized he was good. He was scoring some goals here and there, but... He's a young savage. So I've been following him. I picked him up day one for my fantasy, like, since... since and he hasn't missed a minute. He starts every game. Consistent. Unbelievable scoring goals. I love this guy. Okay, <laughs> enough, enough with the man love. Um, Harry Kane. Harry Kane with the hat trick. Starting to find his form again, huh? Is he, though? And that's the question. That's the question. That's a big question about Harry Kane. Because, like... Four goals this season. For me, it's... is The question simply is, is he that dude? Is he that dude who's going to be able to carry Tottenham over to the Champions League? Um, I know, yes, they may need to improve in other positions. I'm not the biggest believer of um, Chadley. Um, I think he's a good player, but I think that's a he's position not, they can make an upgrade in. You know, Amber, Aaron Townsend and people like that. I think you have quality in Christian Eriksen. Your, your your spine in Tottenham has quality in Hugo Lloris, Eric Dyer, um, Dembele, who I think has been really playing well, yep. Eriksen, and Harry Kane. But the question mark remains, I think, um, is he that guy who's really going to be able to propel them to the next level, I propelling himself to the next level? I, I'm, I know, I know. It's early. Ten games in, he's got four goals in ten games. Well, you could say he's only got those out of two games, but it's. I'm I'm having doubts as well, and I'm not having enough doubts to say no, he's not going to do it. But there is now. There's a little question mark, and it's always that one hit wonder. You always wonder, you know, if a player is a one-hit wonder. I just said so many wonders in a row. That was <laughs> weird. Um, a guy like Andy Carroll a few years ago, could you say was the next Harry Kane? He was scoring goals for fun, killing it, and then he gets signed to a big club and he chokes. I don't know if I agree with you, dude. I don't know if he's if he's the guy, but he could be, man. He, he works hard like he Brings a lot to the table outside of scoring goals, you know. He's always involved in the attack. So, like, maybe he might not score the goals, but that's when you need someone like Erickson to pick mm-hmm. up the, the slack. Kind of like, not to go back, but Alexis Sanchez did for Walcott and Giroud. Now they can play with no pressure knowing Sanchez is going to get at least a goal every other game. Because he's that dude. Because he's that dude. And now, I don't know if Kane's that dude. 
That's the question. That's the, and that's the thing. And we'll that's see. all we're saying here. There's a, he's he's talented, you know, but there's a different level of talent where you can almost put a team on your back. All right. Let's wrap this up with uh, Capital One Cup. So, results just to run through some of the notable ones. Liverpool versus Burnmouth. one nothing. Klein scores to send Liverpool through. Klopp's first win. Uh, City versus Palace, 5-1. City took care of business. Scary club right now. Man United versus Barrow, 0-0. United lost on PKs. Rooney missed. Well, other people must too, but <laughs> I'm saying Rooney missed because so because Stoke played Chelsea, tied 1-1, Stoke lost on PKs, Hazard missed. So I'm just trying yeah, to be lately, balanced out there. he's been a little uh, iffy with his we'll PKs. We'll get into him too. Um, and lastly, Sheffield Wednesday drops your boys, the Gooners. That's Three fine. Nothing. I'm cool with it. That, that that just rolls off my back. You know, that to me is one less competition Arsenal needs to worry about. Now we can focus in and narrow in really on the league um i think champions league at this moment is a matter of pride we got the back-to-back going to Bayern, um back to the allianz arena which is a nightmare to play in but but you guys stole points from Bayern, which is amazing we, man i think we earned those points i think you i don't think we stole them i think no, I mean, we earned those I mean, points stealing you know? them when you when you're looking at like favorites um versus who's not favorites like the game wasn't that close. Well, you, didn't possession would, you, didn't, would you didn't steal it in the sense you, yeah. that you didn't deserve it. You stole it in the sense that it was an upset. That's all. Like, you guys deserved it. You, you killed it, focused, perfect. But I got you. You stole it. You fucking thieves. Nah, yo. I'm about to steal your heart. About to steal the prime right now. Yeah, so, no, I agree with... I agree before I derailed your point. I agree with you saying um, that... Arsenal bowing out is sort of good for Arsenal, especially because they struggle with depth. Um, and and by good, I just mean that you can focus on bigger things. United also bowed out. I wish they could have sort of stayed, but um, but I wish I wish they can focus now on the league. Like Champions League, I think was still too many pieces away to really be a threat. And obviously, I want to win the Champions League, but realistically, I think. Our best chance for silverware is just FA make Cup it to the, the Champions League. Just qualify, you know yeah. what I mean. Do that, then you can start recruiting better players. Yeah, you can show stability. Like, yes, we are back. United is officially back. It wasn't just a a blip in the radar. I hope it's a blip. It'll never be a blip with beasts. Um, City Palace. Won't get into that too much. We just City just drubbed Palace. I hope them uh, coming to United this weekend. I hope they uh, they have flashbacks during that game and sort of get debased. But PTSD. It's always tough playing Palace and uh, City. City handled them. Uh, Liverpool, Burnmouth. Like I said, Klopp gets his first win. Now's the time to get rolling. You got Chelsea coming up this weekend. Diego Costa got hurt during the Capital uh, that Capital One game. Huge game. Which also goes to show you, Mourinho is playing Diego Costa in a Capital One Cup game. They're just looking for a win. Just looking for a win. Looking for positivity. Looking for momentum. When you do that, you just you want to win. Um, You're just hoping to get in good spirits. Was it worth it, though? Because you ended up losing. I mean, so, I, I'm, man... Fuck the Capital One Cup. <laughs> I, Straight no, up. I agree, but because that's my, you know that's why my I say point. That? So then why play Because Diego so Costa? many injuries happen in a tournament like that because these players are forced to play so many games and it's brutal. It he get yeah, like you said, he, he hurts his ribs. Arsenal loses Theo Walcott, you lose Alex Oxlade within the space of five minutes, and it's like a muscular injury. So it just goes to show these players are, Yeah, they just need rest. All these extra tournaments it's it's detrimental to a team. Now the next month is going to be brutal because this is typically when all the injuries start happening. Yeah, right you before know, Christmas. Yeah, all yeah. the fatigue and things like that. So I just think, you know, it's playing Diego Costa, I think he was just reaching, man. He's clearly desperate. And he has Falcao and Remy. Like, I understand, like, you want positivity. But now, if he loses this weekend to Liverpool... Was that risk worth it? Was searching for positivity out of a Capital One Cup game. Look, Arsenal bowed out. Media's not going nuts. United bowed out. Media's not going nuts. So it's like Chelsea bowed out. 
media's not, you know, they're not giving too much crap about that because it's Capital One Cup. So why would you, when you know that you don't trust Remy and Falcao, why would you play your star stud in a meaningless game? And I Because think you're desperate. That's my point. You are desperate for a win. He's just, it's sad to see, but. And I, and I don't know. They could have won. This is what, it's, like, it's like a fighter who's going down swinging. It's yeah. one of those type things where it's like, all right, so why would you swing? Why don't you just go down? It's one of those, I no, think. it's more like your body getting knocked out, take a quick knee, take your ten se- eight-second count, and get out. He didn't. Nope. He Instead, did. he, he just kept swinging. He, he, tried to, he tried to throw the Hail Mary, yes. the dude Floyd Mayweather him, and, and it. just got him with a check him. hook. So. Tagged him. And it's just, I'm just frustrated because I don't like to see – you know, Mourinho imploding like this. I love to see Chelsea imploding, but I wish Mourinho was at his best and losing, like not in the media crying, not making this a circus, because now what we focus on is the circus of Mourinho. We don't focus on Chelsea struggling. Of yes, course, and, and he, in the past, he's done that. He yes. said, I want all the hype on me yes. so that my players feel less pressure, but at the end of the day, that's going to go through your stress levels, and if you're not getting the results, that's going to translate to, to the locker room. Um, I just think they need results, man. I, I'm i not worried about Chelsea. To me, no, a lot of people are hyping. I, I think this is a hype story. I think they're just in the bubble of England, and they're so used to winning. I think we've been spoiled by seeing Chelsea win for so long that when they don't, when Mourinho especially doesn't win, it's weird. And he, 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 he can't handle it. The problem with them is that they it doesn't seem like there's light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, in the sense that it doesn't seem like they're coming out of this funk anytime soon. And I base that on watching them play. There's no belief anymore at Chelsea. There's still talent. But what you need to win those games against the Stokes, against the Sunderlands, those grindy kind of games, against the West Ham's who are trying to get over that hump. You need that driving play. It doesn't have to be pretty, but you need drive and you need And who has more of that than Diego Costa? Yes, he may be already a dirty on, player. He's on the but, bench. That's the problem. He's but hurt. I'm saying you asked him though why he started him and in a meaningless game, and I'm saying that because he has that passion, that drive. Yes, people may not like how he conducts himself on the football pitch, but he has that that belief, that fire in his belly to all right, guys, let's go, let's churn this out. So I think that also may be a partial reason why he would start someone like him. Yeah. Again, it's Capital One Cup. It's you save that energy, especially knowing you have Liverpool coming up. Why would you play him like with less rest? I get imagine it. you I get, get imagine you beat in the Capital One Cup. You win five nil. Now going up against Liverpool, again, you're rising high. You're on a high. Stoke, a Premier have, League club. Yes, uh, yes, but no, no. The way the way the way Chelsea has been playing, and that's my point. Because they've been playing so shitty, that one win. It's like, all right, guys, now we're back to even. Now we're back to even. Now going into Liverpool. Against Aston Villa, and then they got beat but by But what's West been Ham. going on since? His met, Mourinho was sent off in the league. That's my these, point. These things are factors. So if you get that big win, then there's more momentum. The, I think I believe the reason why Arsenal was able to beat Bayern is because we had so much momentum going into the game. We beat Watford 3-0 right before that game off a really gritty. We beat United 3-0. We're riding high. So momentum has a very big thing to do with this league. It's peaks and valleys. And if you can catch momentum at the right time, you'll be be fine. And that's why I'm not worried about Chelsea. I, I don't know. It's dark days for Chelsea. It's not looking pretty. No one is standing out. Like you said, Hazard missed that PK. And, like, he's starting to look a bit uninterested. You can't... Like, Chelsea went from a defense that, you know, was almost made out of fucking brick. And now they're giving up goals. Yeah, it's... it's, Paper mache. I think that there was a stat that they've conceded, like, um, six... On six crosses this year... They've, con- they've, they've, they've is conceded. That a, is that a real stat? I mean, that's that's what the that's what the host, of, like, that's what the, uh, the announcer science. said. Sounds yeah. like bro science. Yeah, Guys, a little bit wanna, more. I want to fact check that. There's more bro science, but it's 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 a stat essentially which states that they've conceded the most from crosses um, out of any of the 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 big teams. And how tall are the defenders? Pretty tall. Gary Cahill, John Terry. Ivanovic. Ivan- well, he's not even starting Matic. now. Matic. Well, I mean, Kurt when he Zuma. was. I mean, the shortest yeah. is probably Isaac Puerta. Exactly. So, like, it's just, that's, I feel like giving, also, like, he's 
said giving up crosses and headers is is a belief thing because they let you get away with so much in the EPL as far as, you know, nudging your opponent, grabbing your opponent. So, like, getting beat on a cross with a header, I feel like, or getting beat so often, I should say, on a cross is a lack of will sort of to, like, protect that line, you know, and to sort of dig deep and no one's beating us from, from outside. You're going to have to come through the middle of us to beat us. And they showed that last year. This year, it's just... I, I don't think, know what happened. I, I think I do. It's case study. I think I do. I think they don't have the goalkeeper. I think Begovic is a class goalkeeper. I think making saves mm-hmm. comes down to it, but you need more than that as a goalkeeper. The ability to make saves, that's probably the most important part of the yeah. job, yep. but you need leadership. You need communication skills, organization skills. You need trust, and that trust takes time between that triangle of John Terry, Gary Cahill, and who used to be Petr Cech or, that's you know, the, Thibaut that's Courtois. Problem. That's a problem. I was going to say, Courtois hasn't brought that either. Yes, last year had a hell of a season, but, like, I feel like he didn't bring that leadership. Because you know? he's a young player. Yeah. And, he's, he's, yeah, and that's the thing that happens when you have a young player who's so talented. Mm-hmm. He's thrust into the game. You have to play him young, yeah. The pie. You have to play him young, but... And some players have that leadership, some players don't, which is why I think Ika Casillas is one of the great goalkeepers who's played the game because he had to start at Real Madrid at 18 years old. And he had to play with these great players, with the Ronaldos of the world, the Beckhams of the world, yet he still remained mentally focused. first name on the team sheet. He always remained mentally focused. And that, I think, is those part leadership in him. So... Maybe, you know, Courtois may not be mentally ready to, t- to take that next step. Physically, we know he's a beast. His talents speak for themselves. But you need to be a leader when you're in goal. Agreed. All right. With that, we're going to leave you guys. Call a timeout until next episode. Uh, we'll be back reviewing uh, the games for this weekend. Big games coming up. Um, hit us up on Twitter. If you guys have Twitter, um, it's at Podcast FC Show. Also, check us out on Facebook at Podcast FC Show. Or uh, if you guys have any comments, questions, whatever, criticisms, which I'm sure plenty of you will have, but fuck it. Send it anyway. I ain't scared. Holla at me. Holla, holla, holla. Um, send it to us at podcastfcshow at gmail.com. All right, boys, this is Tiki signing off. And Tom. Maybe we'll have an intro next episode. Probably not. No jingle, but we're working on it, guys. It's coming. Peace. Peace. Glory, glory.